Welcome to the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast, where we cover topics related to the current social media scene regarding food with some of the most popular accounts around the city and talk about their success in Sin City and beyond. I'm your host, Philip Zhang, aka Las Vegas Phil, F-I-L-L. Check me out on IG or TikTok, and feel free to email me anything at lasvegasphil at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to a special episode where we talk about one of my favorite topics, fine dining. So pinkies up, find silverware out, and roll out the food, too pretty to eat. With me today is my guest is Bailey Zhao, aka Bailey Z Eats, uh, who out of every Las Vegas social media foodie has eaten at more fancy spots, Michelin star restaurants than anyone else. And uh, he's traveled far and wide to document all the great places he's eaten at from Iceland to LA and everywhere in between with over 27K followers on IG and the doctor of all doctors, uh, Bailey Zhao, <laughs> Bailey Z Eats. Welcome to the show. Phil, thank you so much for having me. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I appreciate you uh, listening to the, the episodes. So how have things been recently with you? Anything fun you've been up to? Been good. Um, we're just trying to squeeze in as many um, nice restaurants as we can before we have a baby. So um, we're going to have a baby later this month. So we're trying to have at least uh, one date night a week. So later today, we're going to Cipriani's and we're nice. just trying to check off as many restaurants as we still can. Right. Uh, one thing I've heard with a lot of uh, parents, new parents, is don't depend on eating hot food all the time. So I think this is a good time to, uh, to get it all in. What other restaurants are on the list, if you don't mind me asking? That's it for now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we did Delilah. And then after we do Cipriani's, maybe, maybe we squeeze in one more nice place. But And then what did you think of Delilah? It was good. I mean, I thought it had nice ambiance. The food was okay. I wasn't as impressed by the food, but I mean, interior decor was great. The service was excellent. And the live music was awesome, so... It really gave me that kind of uh, postmodern jukebox vibes for the music. Totally. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I would go back. I mean, I think that I talked to my wife and she really isn't into the, you know, shooting of the food. So anytime we want to go to a place where there's no food pictures, we'll go there. I told her that. So So if you had to go Delilah or Mayfair, because they're both kind of similar, what would you do? Man, to be honest, I, I would probably do Delilah because of the atmosphere. It's, it's really hard to hold a conversation at Mayfair. There's a lot of things going on, the entertainment, and I find that really distracting. Like sometimes when, when I try to eat my food, it's, it's hard to eat your food when there's so many other things going on in the room, you know? So yeah, I'd have to say Delilah for now. So we've actually known each other for maybe seven or eight years now. It was through Yelp. And then uh, you moved to Instagram, I think, in 2018? Right, correct. Okay. And then pretty much never looked back. Talk to me about some of the history from, from you moving to the, from the Bay to Las Vegas. I know you did go to school in the Northeast and, yeah. and had a, a few places in between there. But how did you end up in social media and doing social media food? I mean, I, I guess it kind of started back when I was younger. My dad was actually a chef in the restaurant business, and he worked in a lot of uh, different cuisines, like from French to Italian. And when he worked in a restaurant group, when I was younger, we ended up going to a bunch of nice restaurants just because they were in the same group and they wanted the chefs to try different types of food. So that's how I got kind of introduced to that area. And then when I started college, I kind of 
got into Yelp. That's how I got into Yelp. I was in there in the elite for like probably 13 years, except for this year, because I kind of just stopped doing that. But that's kind of how it began. And uh, I would just start writing reviews and just got kind of piled up. And then when I moved to the Northeast for, for school, there wasn't really much of a Yelp presence there. So people would joke, I was like the, the king of Burlington, the king of Vermont, because nobody else would write reviews about the restaurants there. And then I finally moved back to the West Coast and, and here, and I kind of transitioned eventually to photos because, I mean, writing reviews is actually a lot of work too, you know, as you know, you, you used to write them as well. Um, and pictures kind of also give a pretty good picture of um, what, what it's like to dine at a place instead of words, you're just using videos and food. So I thought that would be a great transition to kind of do. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that, you know, we can just focus on one dish instead of going over the full experience. Um, that yeah. saves a lot of time too. One thing that's kind of unique about your account is that I, I love that you highlight one restaurant on multiple posts in a row. That's something that no one else really does uh, consistently here. Um, how did you make that conscious decision to go that route? That stems from my OCD-ness. I, I feel like if I, if I post one dish from one place during that period of time, it has to be temporal. Like It has to be the same place. If it's out of place, it'll bother me so much that it'll, it'll just mess with my head. And it was the same for like Yelp reviews. When I wrote Yelp reviews, I would have to write it after I visited, not like months later. Otherwise, it's just, it's part of my OCD-ness, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of viewers do appreciate that. They, they can kind of go through blocks. Like sometimes it's so hard to search for an old post from a lot of us because we post daily. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's cool that, that you, ha you have it all in a block and, and it's kind of easier for even just a random account to kind of view and see see you know one place or remember one place that you highlighted a, a few weeks back so i think that's cool you know like specific dishes because some places have like so many different dishes and when people post uh, a video of like so many different dishes it's kind of hard to, for me to keep track of them and so for me to want to go to a place one one thing has to kind of stick out you know like for you when you post like lobster i'm like man i want to go there for that lobster right <laughs> then it works all right yes. And this is a great tip for restaurant owners, hosting influencers to not just have one dish featured, have them shoot something, anything that might be cool for later posts, even if they were paid for that one post. Um, if the influencer sees that one post of theirs went uh, from the place went viral, it's in their best interest as well to post more from that spot because they got a ton of likes and a ton of followers from it. And so I think that's a, a great way to do it. And and you're always looking for that, right? You, you're always looking to shoot more than one thing. Absolutely. Uh, every place. At yeah. least three. At least I usually try to do like three in a row. And sometimes it'll, very rarely I'll break it up. You know, if I have five, I'll do three and then I'll wait a while. It'll still bother me, but I'll, I'm trying to work on that. Right. But I think you explain it well why you do it. And, and, and yeah, I don't know why everyone else just keeps it kind of scattered, but it does make sense. But yeah, if, uh, if you've come into shoe crab, you might as well bring out the lobster as well and the steak mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So let's kind of get into fine dining. Um, what exactly does fine dining mean in 2021? Google says a fine dining restaurant has a formal atmosphere is almost always a sit down restaurant, um, has a fancier menu than most restaurants. Fine dining restaurants offer wine lists and sometimes sommeliers to help you with your food and wine pairing. And they also have dress codes 
in most cases. What do you think about that description? I mean, I think it's pretty accurate. When I think of fine dining, I was thinking about this a lot. I think it comes down to the food in terms of the quality of ingredients and what they offer, the rarity of ingredients. Um, sometimes it has to do with locale. The other side of that is service. The service has to be excellent. You kind of think back to Titanic. Do you remember that one scene where there were so many different utensils and they didn't right. know what to do and the rule is just to work your way from outside in. And so a lot of fine dining restaurants have that. They have multiple different utensils. And then the service is impeccable where your water glass should never be at half, right? They always refill your water. They always fold your napkin when you're out of your seat. And then the third thing I, I would say is probably just intangibles, like the ambiance or something special that they offer. Yeah, I mean, those are the main, main three things. And I, I think that in this day and age, fine dining restaurants are looking to give you a, an experience, like it's more, it's not just about the food or the service anymore. It's something that you kind of walk away with a memory, kind of like, you know, someone going to a show or, or a concert, kind of something like that along those lines. Yeah, that's a great point you bring up. I mean, uh, a lot of these places are course dinners and it, it should be just kind of like a, a journey, a culinary journey for your taste buds and mm-hmm. um, not just your taste buds, but for your eyes as well. So yeah, I think you described that really well. There's a lot of upscale foods specifically in Vegas with a few components that may be missing, uh, like a lackluster atmosphere, mm-hmm. or perhaps they're a little bit more casual on the dress. Off the top of my head, I was thinking like places like Sushi Hiroyoshi mm-hmm. and maybe even La Strega, right. which might be pushing out great stuff, but they'll still allow shorts and right. uh, have it be more of a casual vibe. I mean, is that just upscale casual? I would say it's still casual, yeah. I think that the differentiating thing would be uh, a dress code. Even though even in the casinos, the the nice restaurants, they kind of let people slide just probably because they have money and they could wear whatever they want. But I, I would say the dress code and also in general fine dining restaurants, they offer a tasting menu. So a lot of those places don't have one and it's really there to showcase like the type of food that you want to put out, the type of food that the chef wants to um, kind of highlight and tell their story of this is kind of the journey they want to take you on. And I don't think yeah. those places have a, I mean, omakase, I guess would be a kind of different, but in general, yeah, they don't have a tasting menu. I think if they did, they, they probably would be up there. Yeah. That's definitely something to consider for sure. And uh, we're going to kind of talk about uh, some of the top five spots in uh, Vegas that people should mm-hmm. go to right now. If you're, if you're willing to uh, do the splurge or have a special occasion, anniversaries are always great. Uh, birthdays. Bailey, uh, if you don't mind kind of going through your your current top five. Yeah, I mean, I w- I'm very curious to hear yours as well. I want to see how, how much they match up. Right, um, okay. Would it be... Let's in- go for number five first. Number five. Number five, I would say Kame Omakase. I have to that is my number five. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. It's excellent. They have good ingredients. I think that Chef takes you on his interpretation of what he finds fresh and, you know, I think it's, it's a great place. I've always had a great time there. Even during the shutdown, they had great, you know, a great takeaway menu that didn't take away from the quality. So I thought that was excellent. Man, yeah, it- and uh, the new space on Spring Mountain's great. It definitely caters towards a lot of uh, tourists on the Strip because it's super close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting that uh, recently uh, they their omakase price is now three fifty per person. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, I haven't been back since it's been that price. But from all I hear, it's 
still amazing. Phil Ivey, the famous professional poker player, said it was the best sushi in North America. Wow. So I think it's going to be uh, pretty crowded when World Series of Poker starts uh, at the end of the month. Man, the secret's out. <laughs> yeah, secret's out. But yeah, Chef Eric's amazing. And it's interesting. Chef Eric is actually not Japanese. Uh, mm -hmm. He's Korean. Correct. And really, uh, you know, there is a stigma for a lot of the sushi snobs that he wasn't Korean, uh, wasn't Japanese in the beginning. But I think the perception has completely changed. It doesn't even matter anymore. He's just right. I amazing. don't think either. When was the last time you were there? It was probably last year, like right after they reopened. We went. Um, I think I went with Suki and Daniel and a few other people, and it was awesome. He always comes out with great dishes and surprise dishes, you know. Yeah, I remember that he grilled a bunch of king crab and a bunch of other stuff. I was uh, I was a little jealous. <laughs> and, and he busted out the caviar, man. So moving on to number four, what is uh, what is Bailey Z eats number Ooh, four? Number four, I would say it was tough between number four and number three, but I, I'm going to have to say Jose Andre E. That's my number four too. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> man, that's great. Great minds think alike. So I, I think yeah. it was, it's a, so this is where dining is changed. I think that it's turned now from not just a meal and a food and now it's turned into a show. Right. Yeah. So I think it's very extravagant. They kind of, it's, it's more so to kind of wow you and not all the food is necessarily, I mean, they taste good, but it's not necessarily meant to be like, this is tasty, but this is to kind of blow you away in terms of how they present it. Yeah, I think uh, A by Jose Andres is really the modern version of Willy Wonka. And uh, for those that don't know, it's around a 20-ish course dinner that uh, you do have to reserve probably 90 days in advance at the minimum. And you do prepay. Uh, and right now, I think it's around 385 per person. But yeah, I mean, that's a great number four. Free intimate space and only seats with maybe eight to 10. Eight to 10, yeah. That's yeah, it. maybe with COVID, maybe six only. Right. And, and you uh, buy a golden ticket, I think, right? You get a ticket before. Yep, you yeah. get a golden ticket before. Speaking of Willy Wonka, so they 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 feel that way too. And uh, one was the last time you were at a. Oh, that's that's probably a couple of years ago. I haven't gone there in a while. I think those are that kind of meal is something special because it's so expensive, and a lot of those kind of meals are you're not meant to go there to fill up. You know, it's just there right. to experience something and celebrate something. So. I don't go there too often. Yeah, I've been uh, fortunate to go uh, four times, two for anniversaries. One was a wedding wedding reception <laughs> for 10, and then uh, was a group dinner with a bunch of the IG foodies. And and yeah, a few of them did go to District Donuts after because <laughs> oh, uh, they were still hungry. And I do remember making a mistake of letting the sommelier just pick whatever wine they wanted to for my pairing. Mm -hmm. I came out to around 60 a glass, but it was uh, it was pretty awesome. So nice. Yeah. And then also, I mean, Haleo is great as well for those that, that can't spend that much. But yeah, I mean, I love everything Jose Andres. So let's go to number three. Okay. Let's see if this matches up. Partage. Partage. Partage is not on my top five. Not in your top. Okay. Okay. It was number, I was going to, it's lurking around six. Oh, okay. Okay. Say. For me, I, I think that it's, it's fine dining, but it's very approachable. It's very unassuming. They do a great job of doing their dining space in Chinatown, no less, right? You don't think of a fine dining spot in that area. And every meal is always great. And they're always innovating. They're always changing up their menu. And the biggest thing is it's affordable. Like it's yeah. one of the most affordable fine dining restaurants in town. And I'm convinced that if Michelin stars were still here, it would at least be a one star. 
at the very least. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's very approachable. They currently offer a five, seven, and nine course dinner. Uh, they mm-hmm. actually got rid of the three course, and the five course is eighty bucks or eighty five bucks now. So you can't beat that. Can't beat that. Uh, seven course is around one hundred and ten, and then nine course they add, they can throw in a, a foie gras course, and I think I think an oxtail croque monsieur. And it's great bang for buck, and the wine pairings are awesome too. So yeah. that's a good choice. Uh, when was the last time you were at Partage? It might have been with you. Um, okay. Time when they did the the rose three D printed cheese course, which is great. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the cheese course before, but the way they did it now is very innovative. I don't, I haven't seen three D printed food anywhere else yet. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, not other uh, other restaurants haven't latched onto that yet, but it's been a big hit for them. Uh, I know it's brought in a lot of people. We had that dinner with. Roe and Jay the Ruler? Uh, it might have been, yeah. It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. I've been there multiple times. I mean, we go for birthdays. We, we've we had a, uh, a small wedding there in the um, private dining room. So we go there all the time. It's great. Yeah, I agree. It's great. Uh, number two. Number two, I would say Guy Savoie. <laughs> That's my number two. <laughs> Is it really? Okay. Yeah. So three out of four so far. That's pretty yeah. good. We went there uh, right after shutdown reopened and i was very uh nervous because a lot of the fine dining restaurants were closing and i was worried that things would not reopen again right um that was concerns and i've never been there and i never went to the one in france because i'm like well we have one in here in town so we ended up going it was great um the only thing i would say is that you know the bread cart was a little bit lacking because usually pre-pandemic they would you know roll the bread cart you could pick whatever you want and they no longer did that, but it was still a great, great menu, great tasting menu. How did they do the bread ta- bread cart then? Um, they roll the bread cart to you. They have different selections, and then you pick. But then they go back, and I guess they it's they just pick it from the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we went uh, Christmas Eve, and they actually did slice it at the table. But okay. actually, going back to I wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned before with fine dining requiring it a tasting menu versus just an a la carte experience. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to actually go a la carte. I actually, yeah. after seeing your posts. Right. Um, and that's the way that's the route you took instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also a lot of times, you know, tasting menus when we eat with me and my wife are, can be redundant because you get the same dishes. So a lot of times what we like to do is if there's a tasting menu and you get to pick and choose um, like out of three things, we'll pick and choose different things. But if the tasting menu is too similar, we'll go a la carte or one person will go tasting and the other person will go a la carte if they allow it. Usually, Sometimes they don't do that um, just because the courses won't match up in terms of the number. But we like to share everything and try different things. So that's the, the best way of trying everything. Totally. And I, I totally agree. We I wanted to go a la carte as well, but uh, Christmas Eve, they only offer the tasting menu, which was still fantastic. But yeah, it gets redundant, uh, especially with the two of us. But I definitely want to go back soon and, and, and do an a la carte experience next time. But a uh, good call on number two. I think we can predict number one. Oh, I think we know. <laughs> Joel Rubichon. The man, yeah. the myth, Joel Rubichon. Yeah. Yes. Since I came here, I'm like, man, one day I want to go there. And we ended up going for my birthday one year. And it was, I mean, beautiful dining room, excellent service. The food was great. Couldn't complain about anything. I mean, I wish we still had, they still had the limo service or the car service. That was the best. I heard back in the day, they 
they picked you up from your house and there was a secret entrance and then they dropped you back off, which is amazing, right? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the first time we went was our fourth wedding anniversary and we were still living in a shitty apartment in Decatur and Flamingo. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this gold limo rolls up <laughs> and we come down and yeah, they walk you through the mansion uh, to get in, which was really cool. And then, yeah, they take you back. Why do you understand? I can't imagine how much it would be abused now. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I am actually looking to go pretty soon. I know I'm, I'm, I've been trying to make a reservation. It's been, it's been quite tough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we can all just go. I am down. Left, hurrah. I am down. <laughs> three weeks. Has to be within three weeks, but yes. All right, I, I'll check the I'll check the reservations. Um, have you been to L'Atelier? Yes, I have. Yes, yeah. we went for Christmas one year. Also, you know, it's very similar to Partage in terms of the price point. I mean, it's fancy, but it's not like you know their main Joe Rubichon fancy. Um, but it was great. They they had another thing fine dining restaurants typically do also is they have you know tableside service for a lot of stuff. They will break down a fish tableside, which I love seeing. But yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. The only reason I didn't pick that as my number three is probably just because, is it open yet? I don't even know if it's back open. Latelier is back open. Is it back open? Okay. Yeah. Because just if you were saying places that you can go currently, and I wish, you know, again, like all those places we tried just because we were afraid that they wouldn't reopen. And one of my the favorite places that I wish would reopen is Le Cirque. I think that's super underrated. Um, it would definitely be in my top five if it was open again, but it's not. Yeah, Le Cirque is a great call. Um, I mean, I've only been there once um, mm-hmm. and had a great dinner. It was, I think, Valentine's Day like years ago. But yeah, excellent choice. And then Twist as well would be another honorable mention of a restaurant that hasn't been open and that might have made the top five. Right, and I that's one I haven't been to. So I wish right. I did. if I did and if it was open, maybe it would be, but who knows? So the only other difference in number three – uh, sorry, Partage. Uh, it was um, I chose Bizarre Meat. I think wow. uh, a steakhouse needed to be on there, and they offer a lot of atypical cuts. And I love the atmosphere, the Hannibal esque uh, mm-hmm. atmosphere with the blood dripping from the ceiling and all that. It's just one of my one of my favorite places for a group dinner. Yeah, it's an excellent choice. And I was debating about that too. I was debating about do steakhouses count as fine dining? I'm not sure. Do they usually have a tasting menu? Generally, not. Generally, all the sides you have to order separately as well, right? I mean, they offer a tasting menu at Bazaar, but I mean, I usually just uh, glance over it and put it to the side. <laughs> right, right. I know it's been a, a controversial topic recently with a, a lot of restaurants where the clientele has not has been showing up in in not so formal attire, uh, fine mm-hmm. dining attire, uh, specifically with steakhouses, because I think a lot of people don't view uh, steakhouses fine dining, fine dining perhaps because it is. Technically, just steak and potatoes. Right. But, How much can you yeah. do with steak and potatoes? How long can you really age dry meat, right? Right, right. I mean, yeah, Carnivino was doing, what, 10 months? I don't right. think you can get more than that, more than right. that. So what are some other fine dining restaurants that you haven't been to yet that are kind of on your list of, of places you still want to go? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to go to that one restaurant in Italy that got best restaurant in the world. I mean, there's different like lists that I kind of look at either Michelin stars or the world's 50 best to kind of go to. And that also has to do with like my OCD like just checking off. I'm a check checklist checkbox person. So I go into different places and hitting up everything on the list. And then a little thing I do is um, I like to collect the menus afterwards. 
because each menu is very unique. I actually keep them in a book. Um, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. So I brought this out so you could see for the viewers at home. It's just like different menus from, you know, you have the golden ticket and just from different places. And then a lot of times I'll get the chef to sign it because I feel like these days celebrity chefs are like athletes, right? Yeah. For so sure. I, mean, I definitely want to hit up a lot of the places on the world's top 50 list, at least the top 10. That's cool. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Ours are so unorganized. You can start that. I was over here listening to this. Okay. She was looking at your book or trying to get a peek. So I'll show you one. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's yeah. awesome. I think that's a solid top five. I think top five for me in the world is very different though. Of course. Yeah. Is there a number one for you in the world that you've been to? Yes. I would say Geranium in Copenhagen. Amazing service, amazing meal. You know how when you go to a restaurant and girls have purses, they'll give you a little purse hook? Yeah. And for us, we bring our cameras, right? They brought out a little box to put our cameras on next to us. I know. They think <laughs> wow. of everything. They think of everything. Man. Maybe bring in some extra lighting too. Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I do remember that trip uh, that you put up on stories. God, when did you, was it early 2020 when you guys went? 2018. We 2018. Went. Okay. So, and then it was going to be a, a question for the, the top 10, but is there like a top two countries for food of all the places that you've traveled to? Top two places for food. I would have to say Paris is one of them. And then it's between New York or Tokyo. I'd probably have to say New York. New York is, they have everything, you know, they have, it's so diverse. I think that's the only knock on, on Tokyo. It's not as diverse in terms of the food choice, but it's excellent as well. But yeah, New York and Paris. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Tokyo doesn't feature anything from South America, really, or any of that stuff. But yeah, those are great. Both great cities. Uh, we're actually going to go into a blow-up breakdown where we highlight the guest's biggest post. And this one is actually from New York. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of New York, at uh, 456 New Shanghai. I have never... I always end up at Joe's. Uh, Joe Shanghai. Mm -hmm. uh, versus anywhere else just because of my nostalgia thing. And I live there. I mean, is this the one place you you've been to several times or this is one place that I went to during our last New York trip. Cause we try to, I try to try different things every time I go to New York and this place, I mean, they've been around for a long time and I've been to Joe's and I, I think Joe's their dumplings are great as well. But these, this place has the pan fried dumplings, which I wanted to try. And we went super early in the morning um, before we go to trips, I research the places and there's only one table that ha is next to the window with natural lighting. We love natural lighting. So Damn. we went in first thing uh, in the morning when they opened and got that table. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's yeah. hardcore. I love yeah. that. They almost mm -hmm. look like bows. They look pretty big. Was it just you and Wendy that went? Yeah, just us two. And okay. uh, we couldn't even finish. I mean, on our, on our New York trips, we usually try to hit up so many food places per day. And like we went, this is probably our second place we went to that morning. I mean, two orders for like six, six bucks, seven bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, no. you definitely don't have that in Vegas. No. And then where would you say is your favorite place for if you were in Vegas for, and we're craving something like this, like uh, this, where would you go? Um, Din Tai Fung, they make, they're consistent, right? They're their dumplings are always the same everywhere. 
there aren't too many places, I would say. There's that one yeah. place in Shanghai Plaza that's pretty good as well. I think that's pretty legit. Yeah, Shanghai uh, Taste. Shanghai yeah. Taste, yeah. I like that place. I'd probably go there over Din Tai Fung just because it's cheaper and you don't have to wait. So. Definitely. And then along with that, uh, you put, on, put up a bunch of great shots. Uh, this particular post uh, had over 16K likes uh, back in May. Aside from the great video, you know, I think uh, a big thing for all of us are the carousel posts, having the video and then swipes to pictures. Any other kind of uh, advice that you would give to, to people posting on IG, posting food on IG? Man, I mean, I got the biggest tip from you. I was so resistant to posting carousel posts. I remember I, I probably started maybe a little less than a year ago, these posts, because I would not be where I am now without your advice. I used to just post <laughs> pictures because I was I'm, I usually use a DSLR for a lot of my pictures. Yeah. And maybe that's just not relatable to people, but people love iPhone shots. They love that closeness and they don't, I guess they don't like as much the DSLR blur because maybe it's not relatable or approachable. But I, for me, I, I, I love natural lighting and the best posts, honestly, is just with your phone. Yeah, I agree. Especially yeah, for Instagram. And then, yeah, I mean, you were, you started doing the carousels. You, you've come such a long way in how you edit your videos since then mm -hmm. as well. And, and I remember like the crazy sick numbers you were putting up for those first few months. Right. Was, yeah. Uh, was insane. <laughs> it's crazy. So what do you think of uh, reels, like reels versus like a carousel post these days? You know, I've tried that recently. I, I try to do maybe one reel a week or every two weeks. And for, for myself, they haven't been doing as well for some reason. And some people say that they, they do better on reels. But for me, the carousel post is where it's at. It generally gets more engagement, more, more likes and comments. I don't know. That's just my experience. I don't know about you. Uh, it feels up and down, but I feel like Reels is has a better shot of blowing up big mm -hmm. uh, versus a carousel post. But a carousel post is extremely uh, reliable, dependable, and and usually performs uh, pretty well no matter what. But I'm not going to get you know six figure likes on a on a carousel post where a reel you might have a chance. Right. But interesting. But I do love this video. I'm ready to go. I've already bookmarked this for uh, if and when whenever I go back to New York. I never go to new places, so thanks for sharing that. Excellent. Good to hear. Um, get, that, get that table next to the window. Yeah, for sure. I'll show up at 10, 10.30, you think, is safe? Yeah. Or what do you think? That's good. 10.30. And then these photos are amazing, too. Are, are these all from the phone, or did you use your camera these as well? Are, these are all from the phone. I mean, <laughs> people people love that clo those close-up shots. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing with carousels is – you know, if followers miss the original post, uh, a lot of times Instagram will come back to those posts with the second shot or the third yeah. shot in case you missed it. And I right. think that's important for, for getting more engagement, for getting more eyeballs on the post. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and you put up nine, nine frames here with all awesome photos. So thanks for that. And then now we're gonna go into some questions. Bailey, number one, uh, what's a f the funniest reason a person went to the ER that you can actually share? I'll tell you a very, um, a very Vegas story. Okay. okay. You know, a lot of people have these things where, you know, they have objects up their butt and that's also always funny. But this one guy came in peeing blood and he was just, he's a healthy guy and is, you know, a young guy. And I was like, well, that's weird. How long has it been going on for? He's like, just, just the previous night. 
And I was like, what, what were you doing? He's like, I was just dancing. We went out dancing, you know, we went to a, we went to a club and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's really weird. Like, were you dancing that hard that your muscles broke down, you know, which is possible. And I was like, curious. I'm like, where, what, what club did you go to? And he says, crazy horse. I don't know if you know what crazy horse is, but for, for the viewers or listeners out there, it's, it's a strip club. And he got a lap dance and the stripper was dancing on him, giving him a lap dance so hard that he, he ruptured his bladder. Oh, he was peeing blood from that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, so usually it, it's just something that heals. Yeah. It'll heal up pretty well unless something crazy happens. You have to call in the urologist. Um, but yeah, it's usually just, you know, you, you put a Foley in, you irrigate the bladder until the, the blood washes out and nice. Very appetizing. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't know you could go too hard on a lap dance, but that's uh, sometimes that's uh, things that happen in Vegas don't don't stay in Vegas, and it ends up on Phil's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number two, uh, wine pairings are a must, or do you prefer going glass by glass? Oh man, for me, I do glass by glass. I I'm not a big drinker, so I get really red and really drunk fast. Um, so I usually don't do wine pairings. The first, actually the first wine pairing I, I did was at Partage with you and I was blown oh, away. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not a big wine drinker, but that day I'm like, man, everything makes sense. Yeah, it was great. And then, um, I know there are times where couples will split a wine pairing. Um, so, so driver, uh, doesn't end up trashed, but, mm-hmm. uh, if they can't, if they can't do that, I mean, I know Partage does, does allow that. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if Gisevois would, but, uh, but that's another way to go as well. And I think glass by glass is a, is a good call. And then something, yeah, if the similar, can just re- recommend something that's kind of flexible for the next two or three courses. Right. On average, percentage wise, how often does supplementary on a French menu mean must have? Oh man, I, you know, I've rarely found a supplement worth it. Rarely. I was super pissed when we went to the French Laundry and I got the supplement Wagyu at the French Laundry. And it was overcooked. They overcooked Wagyu. I was so mad. Terrible. Yeah. But I, I would say a lot of times it's like, you know, caviar, which is not cooked, or truffles that they shave on top, which is not cooked. It's like just putting toppings on, really. Like just extravagant ingredients, which sometimes are unnecessary. It takes away from the main course. So for the most part, I, I probably, I usually don't, to be honest, unless it's something I really want, like lobster on something or wagyu on something. Okay. Good call. Is there a cuisine you feel like doesn't get enough love in fine dining circles? Probably, probably Chinese food. I mean, I haven't seen many Chinese food, fine dining spots in, in the U S anyway. I don't know about yourself. I mean, would you count, Hakkasan or Mothar 2 as fine dining? Or is it just upscale Chinese? I don't know. Wing Lei? I think, it's, that, I think it's I think it's fine dining. It's fine dining? Like Wing Lei yeah. has a Michelin star, right? Yeah. And the atmosphere is amazing. They do a tasting right. course, the duck tasting course menu. Yeah, I think it is. But I agree. I mean, I think for the majority of people, Chinese, like an expensive Chinese restaurant like that, the prices like that mm-hmm. uh, are shocking. And they don't feel like it's worth it because they're used to fucking Panda Express or some bullshit. So. Right. But I agree. I think Chinese doesn't get a lot of love. Mexican doesn't get a lot of love. I was going to say Mexican as well. Yeah. yeah. So I've never been to Mexico City, but I know it's uh, such a culinary hotspot. 
and yeah, I wish some of that stuff kind of came over to Vegas, but I don't know if people, I mean, Javier's is expensive, but is that fine dining? I was debating about going to Javier's, the original Javier's in, in uh, Orange County. And I ended up not going because I'm like, there's one here. <laughs> and I, d I don't know if it's fine dining or not. I'm not sure. I haven't been. I don't know. I mean, $20 quesadillas and $50 carnitas. I mean, they're great, but I don't know. But I understand. I understand what you mean. If, if, a, if a restaurant is in Vegas and you're somewhere else, like you're not mm -hmm. going to go to Hakkasan on Miami or, or Javier's in, in Orange County. Give me your honest feelings about TikTok. Oh man, I've struggled on TikTok badly. I think it definitely has a place. I mean, it, I've seen what it can do to restaurants and it could blow up restaurants with restaurants running out of ingredients or dishes. There's lines out the door. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this. I feel like it's easier for Instagram to kind of showcase a restaurant because you could just swipe and look at pictures, but it's hard to kind of go through a whole video just to see what they have to offer, I guess. I think Instagram just kind of like, it's just a quick quick look at what, what what they can have. And TikTok is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to see what works and what doesn't work on TikTok for myself. It's hard. It's been hard for me to transition over just because I haven't had a lot of followers or views, but you know, it's something I'm just messing around with still. Yeah, and eventually if you just keep consistent with it, I mean, something will eventually blow up. I mean, that's just a fact with TikTok. And I think mm -hmm. you go to a lot of places, a lot of influencers don't, and I think that's mm -hmm. that's cool. And I think that's the stuff worth kind of featuring. So uh, you're a big 49ers fan that even made the trek to the Super Bowl in Miami a couple of years ago. Um, what are your feelings? Yeah, yeah, there you go. What are your feelings on this season? I think they have a good team. I mean, they're Super Bowl contenders. They have to figure out their quarterback situation. Man, I don't know if they it's the right way to go with the whole tandem quarterback, just mm -hmm. like Drew Brees and uh, Jason Tatum. You know, I think that's what they're trying to mirror. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll they'll get. So we'll see. Yeah, it should be a pretty pretty exciting season. And yeah, this will probably be Jimmy G's last year uh, as the Niner, but shit happens. What's your favorite non-food website or app? Man, I, I use a lot of like medical apps for work. Favorite to use or Yeah, you just love looking at it. You check it every day. I use a I use a sleep app. So that's oh, probably my go-to. I, I would say I would say uh probably the ESPN app. Okay. I, I look at, I follow a lot of sports and baseball, football, basketball. So probably that. And I get alerts. Yeah. Uh, for an uh, average person, is there a really great health app worth checking out that nobody knows about? No, I, I don't know. I, sh I should probably invent that. <laughs> I mean, for myself, I use like professional apps to kind of like just look up. I don't know about the layperson. That's a good question. Yeah. Maybe I'll look into that. I guess maybe some, everyone would say Fitbit or something. I don't know. And then lastly, if you and Wendy are going out, uh, want a want gourmet food, but nothing that really hurts the wallet, what are some places that you love in, in Las Vegas? Oh, I mean, her favorite place is La Strega. She loves La Strega. Even though she's like allergic to gluten, she'll just power through it and deal with it. <laughs> right, my wife is the same. So good. Yeah. yeah. For myself, I, I love La Strega. I like Sparrow and Wolf a lot. I think that they always have a, a great menu and food, and it's always changing as well. What else? Ido is very good. A lot of places in Chinatown that are uh, that are very underrated. And then you know, there's a few pizza. Pl I love you know good pie for pizza and Izzy's Pizza Bus. Great pizza spots. Yeah, yeah. great spots. All great spots. Uh, definitely worth going to for sure. Well, thanks for being on, Bailey. I mean, that that about wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to say or plug? 
No, I mean, thanks. Thank you for having me. Everyone try to follow my TikTok to see <laughs> what I need to do to catch on on TikTok and follow me on Bailey's Eats on Instagram. There you go. That's what you should do. And yeah, if you're looking for fine dining stuff, elevate experiences, that's what kind of Bailey's all about. And uh, thanks for thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, going through the top five. And it's pretty funny. We had pretty similar top fives. Four out of five. Pretty Four good. out of five. Sorry, Pratage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very cool. Uh, so until next week, thanks for tuning in. Next week, I'm hoping to have Sin City Bartender as the guest and uh, maybe get drunk during the podcast. So until uh, then, thanks for listening and uh, see you next week.